Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute for a consultation with a professional. tell you guys why i got three hours of sleep sure. on yes. monday night can i tell you guys why yeah. so i was taking my brand new gorgeous porsche and like i'm an engineer right so i love redundancy so i went all the way through all my service records and i found they had not done everything completely correctly so because i'm a 100 percent completionist in video games i took it to like a specialty shop over in nating <laughs> so i go there and I get them to completely redo a bunch of service things. Like they change out filters, they change spark plugs. They're like, okay, Bree, we've looked at your car. It's 100% perfect. You can drive this forever. This is a great car. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. So I'm just going to go home now and breathe easy. And as I'm pulling out of the parking lot, oh, no. a child learning how to drive a car smashed into my <gasps> Porsche oh, no. in an no. accident that was 110% his fault. Oh. And pretty much, like, wrecked up my car. No! My gorgeous new car. Oh, my goodness. No! No! And I oh think it God, speaks no! to my maturity <laughs> and my uh, sense of self-control that he is alive right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, How my bad goodness. is the damage? It's really bad. Uh, <gasps> a lot of my electronics in the back don't go. Oh, and no. even oh! worse... Like, when you wreck a, a Porsche, you can't, like, just take it to a normal person. So I've got to go to, like, a specialty shop to get it repaired. So they won't even look at it until the 26th. So the irony is, as I talk to you guys today, I am back to driving the car without airbags. No! Oh, no. So- <laughs> no. I, I, I think this is, this is like, oh, some sort of, like, Gift of the Magi-style story. Yeah. <laughs> I oh think like God. the Audi TT, you know, I think it's haunting me. I think it's it's, it's determined like to kill gonna, my family. You've, out, you've angered the Audi gods me. is what happened. That's that's exactly <laughs> it. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm pretty angry, Georgia. I'm pretty angry. Yes, so, justifiably so. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're driving a car again without air. I know. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> And the funny part is, like, even as the Audi isn't the car I'm driving, it's still finding ways to cost me money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to spend twelve hundred dollars oh, to get the tires fixed, so I could just drive it for the couple of weeks while I'm waiting for my Porsche to be fixed. Oh so, no! Yes. So, oh, my anyway, uh, uh, isn't that ridiculous? So, so now insurance will cover everything for the Porsche to get it fixed to be like perfect again right okay so first of all georgia it's porsche Porsche. Porsche. it gets offended if you mispronounce its name porsche yes yes it's true well that might be what happens okay that's that's how we know if you know if you know porsches 
like you say poor shot and you just really like <laughs> emphasize that. So guess his insurance will call. And my favorite part of this story is this little boy didn't even have the guts to call the insurance company himself and had his dad do it for him. Oh God. <laughs> That's what I can't even figure. And they didn't even dispute damages. So and I'll tell you this, Georgia Dow, if that, Kid does not end up voting for Brianna Wu in this election. I'm going to be really angry. You messed uh, up my car. You better vote for me. They're going to like so, move out of the district just to uh, yeah. just just to avoid your wrath. Now I think right. is what's going to happen. That's true. That's probably which is a good plan. Smart. I mean, that's not a bad plan. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! Uh, How are y'all doing this week? I'm uh, better than you. Better than you. Um. You have a new house. You have a new house. It's great. Like, no, we're not really going to be ready for the holidays. Like, I still have so much to paint, and we have boxes everywhere, and um, we still have a lot of stuff to do. We got the yeah. – uh, it has a hot tub uh, that we now know how to use, which is cool. Um, wow. I haven't oh. tried it yet. Yeah. Oh, F you, Georgia. Yeah. I would kill for a hot tub. <laughs> well, just come on by. Okay. Come on by. I it's a six-person hot tub. Like, I'm tiny. I use, like, half a person. You're tall. So, like, we can totally fit. (laughs) Yes, that sounds great. Oh, my God. That is my – I often look at hotels to, like, get the frack out of Boston. And I'm always, like, hot tub, hot tub, hot tub, just to, like, feel some warmth in my body at some point. Do you know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So, we have that. It's – Yeah. um, Yeah. So, they haven't – we keep on calling them to come in. To help us, like, how do you work this house? Because we don't know how to use a lot of the stuff that's in it. <laughs> how do you work and the house? <laughs> how do you work the house? Like, now everything's technology. It used to be you open a door, you close the door. Now it has, like, a sound system in the walls. Uh, but we're like, I don't know. How do you do that? Anyways, so we've called. We've gone over to our old house three times. Anthony has personally gone over to show them how to do different stuff three times. The guy that owns my house, has. we've called him. He said he was away then he came back. He didn't reply back. We said, we have your mail. Did not reply back. We, like, in the entire time I've lived here, they have not told us anything. They were supposed to give us a package of everything, and they gave us one sheet with, like, very basic information. So I don't know how to run the pool. I don't know how to run the hot tub. We have to have someone come in to help us. And I don't know how any of the buttons, what to do with what, and which ones should you run, which ones you shouldn't. <sighs> and we can't find the manufacturing number on the hot tub, so I don't know. Um, let, let me tell you, it might not even work. Georgia, call them <laughs> up and be like this. <laughs> what Georgia Dow wants, Georgia Dow gets. <laughs> uh, just do that, and the whole problem will go away. Especially because you're shorter, right, that just right. makes yeah. it that much right. more it's terrifying. Small dog syndrome. Yes, it's the yes. small ones you need to worry about. Really? <laughs> oh, true. absolutely. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think, you know, Georgia, this is just like another video game for you. Like you never re- you never read the instruction manuals to video That's games true. when you were growing up. Like you just started playing and then you I figured out what playing. the fire button was eventually. Like you'll figure out what the fire button is on the on the hot tub. Hopefully it's not an hopefully, actual fire button that starts a fire. Hopefully not. But we I like I want those jets to like work. It's like filled with all these cool jets. I don't know which jets to like do what with. So whatever. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> 
So, but Steve, it's warm. I have a I have a question for you. Yeah. So, I okay. want to know if something is appropriate or if it's inappropriate. Can you help me out with that? Uh, whatever it is, is probably out? inappropriate. We're but go ahead. The appropriate, okay. inappropriate okay. game. I like this. If, if oh, you're I asking, like the answer is it's inappropriate. But go ahead. No, dude, I'm hoping. <laughs> okay, fingers crossed. So, you know, there are a lot of rumors going around that Jared Kushner is going to be, um, you know, like indicted very soon. And since the Trump White House uses Kushner to like you know, cover up a lot of their anti-Semitism. Is it wrong to hope that like one of the Hanukkah presents will be Kushner going to jail very shortly? Is that appropriate or inappropriate? Um, Well, I see the way that I look at it is that it's, he's more one of the Greeks in this, in this tale of Hanukkah. (laughs) And I'm kind of hoping that, you know, there's really, that that the whole Mueller investigation is more like when the Jews went back into the temple and they found only enough oil for one night to light the to light the uh, the torch, but it lasted for eight nights. I'm hoping right. that it looks like there's only enough for one charge, but it actually <laughs> that there's enough evidence for eight charges. Yes, that would be appropriate. Let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Ah. Uh. So we can make that happen. Yeah, yeah. It it'll be that would be a true Hanukkah miracle. But uh <laughs> what just Kushner and Ivanka and all those people just going to jail? Yeah, yeah. That. yeah. Um yeah. that would that would be uh that would bring a lot of light to the dark <laughs> the darkness that we're that we're dealing with right now. Speaking and I of guess the darkness of the Trump administration. Did y'all hear about net neutrality this yeah, week? Yeah, I was gonna say it's speaking Another of happy thoughts. Speaking of darkness, so uh yeah, there was a vote on Thursday, um, and, and this had been coming for a while, uh, where Ajit Pai, who's the the uh, head of the FCC, had scheduled this vote on whether to continue the net neutrality laws that were, uh, were put in place by the Obama administration in 2015. And if you exist on the internet, you've seen both before and after the vote, you've seen a, a lot of this. And as you know, if you're listening to this right now, that unless, unless they've already cut us off, which is possible, but um, so you know that they voted that down. So there is still some additional work that may need to be done in the courts and in the Congress before this takes effect. But the ultimate, the ultimate result of that is that internet service providers are now free to uh, charge more for accessing uh, various various sources of traffic. They can block traffic as they like. They can, uh, they can, they're free, they're free to censor traffic if they so choose. And, uh, the, the one part that's not really being talked about a lot is that they are going to need to be looking at all of your traffic much more than they even already are in order to determine what you're going to, to be able to determine how they're going to be filtering and and slowing down and blocking things. So that's also going to give, uh, companies like Verizon and Comcast, a lot more access to your data and to what your activity is online, even if they're not looking at the actual contents of the data that they're going to have to collect in order to make business decisions against, which is also data that could be uh, requested by the government potentially. So that's all a great um, bundle of fun. And, And it just goes along with a lot of the controversy that led up to this where there was a request for comment from the FCC and there seemed to be a lot of uh, fraud in terms of the comments that were submitted, a number of, of comments that were submitted in the names of people who are no longer among the living, 
Um, <laughs> and and this a is number- the coming of the zombie apocalypse. That's really what it is. These yeah, people are actually typing out things. Yeah, and uh, also a number of uh, of tra- a, a decent amount of traffic that seemed to source from Russian servers. So, you know, there was a lot of discussion before this that the vote should be delayed. But why would we let a little bit of fraud and a little bit of uncertainty stop uh, taking, you know, and, taking away money from about normal a people? Bit of fraud, we're talking two million plus people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. I'm being found. super sarcastic. Two million plus that have been found to be either impersonated or using people that have passed away. Well, I think the really important thing is I, I, I want people to understand, like, if you go to Mexico right now, uh, a lot of people don't watch YouTube videos on their phones there because it's so prohibitively expensive under uh, the plan. So, you know, what this is essentially going to do is it's going to create two tiers of Internet, one for the very, very rich and one for the very, very poor. And, um, you know, this is very, very concerning. You know, we don't have a free society when we can't all access information. So you could, I mean, you could see them doing things like blocking access to, uh, you know, sites that may have uh, views contrary to AT&T and Comcast. You could see them, like, blocking traffic and having one very slow internet for the poor and one faster internet for the rich. You can expect to not be able to access Netflix or YouTube or a lot of these other, um, you know, like, things. And I also want to stress, this isn't just on your mobile device. They can do this for everything. So this is... This is a really big wake-up call for democracy here. And the thing that, like, we got to talk about, y'all, is, you know, the FCC chairman, Ajit Pai, he is so smarmy and intellectually dishonest through every single bit of this process. And I tell y'all, if I am elected to Congress, I swear on a stack of Bibles, I'm going to bring that mofo into the tech subcommittee. And we're going to sit down and have hearings on what he's done here. It is absolutely indefensible. It really, really, really makes me angry to have him making statements and have the the FCC Twitter making statements. They're objectively lies, like blatant lies, y'all. Yeah, and and making intellectually dishonest arguments like, oh, well – you can still access Twitter today, so I don't know what everybody was worried about, like, the day after right. the vote. And it's like, right, hey. Right, right, right. Because that's going to happen. Like, that's going to happen slowly and and insidiously, of course, because if not, it'll cause public outcry. And we know that way that we deal with things is a very slow change we adapt to very quickly and easily. And because of that, we're not going to be as outraged. Pai's already said, he's said in a, like, you know, this joke that, you know, he's kind of in Verizon's... Uh, pocket or, or something like that in one of the, the telecoms pockets. Um, and, you know, these are, these are one of the things that it will affect everyone. It could be that a web service that the government does not like you to, or news that the government does not like you to go, could be throttled to oblivion. Um, and so you just don't get that information to it. This is the same thing that happens in um, countries that are um, not democracies, Right, they control yeah. what they just you shut down get the to see and what yeah. you. They could, they could totally close it down. They, they wouldn't close it down. They would make it um, so difficult to be able to access that we would just end up giving up and going somewhere else. Yeah, and 
Plus, they could just check everything that you do. There's no longer any privacy to that either. Sorry, does this mean that, like, would this be enough of, you know, people being upset, hopefully knowledgeable enough of how horrible that this would be, that we could have a public infrastructure that the public owns in order to have access to um, Internet? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's been that's been part of the the discussion is that, you know, municipal you're talking about basically municipal ISPs. Yeah. Right. And that's been something that's kind of it's happened in a couple of places, but it's been hard for those to first of all, it's just hard to raise the money for that in any given in every given area, just with all the number of budget crises that there are. And also the problem is that the existing. ISPs have built that infrastructure. It's it's expensive to build out that infrastructure with everything else that a town needs to do. That would be ultimately the the solution is for like municipal or co-op type ISPs, but it's just very hard to do. And and that's really the one big problem that's with a lot of these arguments about competition is that there just isn't any. And yeah. and and that's really the problem. Like if you if you had the cho- even if you're talking about like the choice that you have in terms of like mobile carriers in in home broadband like if you if you found that Verizon was doing really sketchy things and and T-Mobile said hey you know we're not throttling anything and you know here's some stuff you can go look at to prove it then everybody could go to T-Mobile and punish Verizon for that you can't do that in the US at least in in terms of home broadband because most places have exactly one choice so if you want internet in your house and you don't, unless you're going to go to something like satellite, which is just it, it doesn't work for a lot of people, yeah. Um, yeah. you just don't have a choice. So you're you're going to be stuck with whatever this company is. You're going to pay what they want and you're going to have whatever data that that they want to collect be collected or you're going to stay off the internet, which isn't really a choice in 2017. It's not. It's just a utility. It's like water or yeah. electricity, like is something you absolutely have to have. And to me, I, I tell you, Steve, I've had so many talks about this with uh, lawyer friends and regulator friends trying to figure out what we're going to do if I win. Because like this is really, really clear. It's exactly as you said. It's a monopoly. We have some of the slowest speeds in the United States compared to the rest of the world. And it's like, if they're going to make this competition argument, that doesn't exist. Right. So it's like, what do you want, Comcast and Verizon? Do you want like antitrust action to like break y'all up and to make it like utilities? Because I'm fine with that. I am a hundred percent fine with that. You know, like in fact, we probably need to do both, like ensure yeah. net neutrality on a congressional level and break up these huge telecoms. And I just tell you another thing that came out this week. You know, just talking about these huge, 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 mega, mega, mega corporations is Disney and Fox merged. And there's no one talking about, like, bringing that in. And it really makes me angry to look at Twitter and see the discussion being about, oh, I guess aliens are Disney princesses now. And not about how anti-competitive that is, about how bad it is for the workers, because where the frack else are you going to go to if these companies treat you poorly? How bad it is for... Like everybody except these companies. And the truth is Congress does not give a damn about the American people. They care about the people that are lining their pockets. And it's just beyond unacceptable. It's got to change. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it goes back to the same thing that we end up – we keep talking about over and over again, which is that Congress – the people who are in Congress – 
for the for the most part have been there from before the internet was a something that is part of regular life and they see they just see it as like another toy effectively or they see it as something that's not relevant to them so i mean part of it is you know someone like ajit pai is just you know he's he's you know in the pockets of whoever Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so you know that's going to override whatever and he's going to be fine right like if you have enough money this doesn't bother you if you've never if you didn't grow up with the internet and see the ways that internet is that that having internet is transformative to society you don't get it so those two things come together and it's just it's not an important thing to you. You don't it's it's not an easy thing to understand if you don't want to. And well, if you don't know, if you didn't grow up with this, if people did this with your mail and they said that they were going to tier mail depending on how much mail you get, uh, who you are, where you are in society, people would freak out. They would absolutely lose their mind. Um, but they just they don't understand enough about what the internet is and how it runs in order to deal with that. Um, uh, Chuck Schumer is going to be um, you know trying to to push a vote in order to overrule this. But the problem also is that they don't have the numbers. And the telecoms, if you can look online, they have which senators have been given how much money. And, and congressmen have been given how much money to what in order to make sure that this goes through. And they have tons of money to be able to do this because they charge us through the teeth. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, but this is what gets me, George, is it's a fracking pittance. It is an absolute pittance what these people get. It's like for some reason it's $20,000, Yes. which I'm sorry. I know it's a lot of money, but in the scope but of the election. But not in the grand scheme of things, they're going for nothing not, because they yeah. don't really understand how this could affect yeah. the entire world. Oh, I think they do. I think they, they are don't care. corporatists. I, yeah. think I corporatists. don't know. I think yeah. that a lot of the people really don't understand the importance of having and and don't think that it'll really affect that much. I really think that the amount of technological knowledge that is with the lawmakers of of the United States and also of Canada um, is not where it should be. And I, so, you know, it's it's one of these things like, ah, you know, whatever, we get some more money and we'll just I, vote this way. I, I, I don't agree lies. with that. I think a lot of people in Congress, especially in the technology subcommittee, who I've spent a lot of time studying because they're going to be like my colleagues, right? Um, I think they more or less agree that Congress should live in a state of um, acquiescence to to Wall Street and corporations. That's And exactly you think that they what know think, yeah. what they're doing and do it anyways? Yeah, like I they do. know how I it think could affect they minimize everyone. it. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. Georgia, just to put it a different way, if you didn't like, because I am one of the, I am a person who tends to give people the benefit of the doubt for ignorance over malice way more than I should probably. And you know, after this past week outside of this, where you have pretty much the entire Republican Party backing someone who's been. Uh, who's been accused of sure. an yeah, inordinate yeah. amount of heinous, heinous crimes mm-hmm. for That's Senate true. because yeah. he's not a Democrat and he will vote for a tax plan. Like, yeah. I yeah. don't be- I have a very hard time believing that you can be presented with this level of evidence and just not get it at this point. Like t- three years ago, when we were first having this conversation, like I could get it. Net neutrality was kind of a hard thing to get. It's not a hard thing to understand anymore. 
And if you're tr- if you're not understanding it at this point, you're you're actively putting your head in the sand because there are yeah. other there no, are that other. Is a, that is a really good point, yeah. Steve, especially with what happened with uh, more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that that is that is a point. Well, well taken to that, which really then means that we need to have a full overhaul. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I agree. Yeah. I could not agree more. And I think that's really what the answer is, Georgia. You know, the truth is this particular FCC committee, um, I don't think this is the way to adjudicate this. I don't. Um, you know, basically they are – this particular committee uh, interprets uh, the law that Congress has passed. And uh, in the Obama era, they interpret it in a way to protect net neutrality. Now it's been repealed. Um, you know, this could seesaw back and forth depending on who's mm-hmm. president in the future because the president appoints uh, the chairman and other people to the FCC. So to me, the answer is to – It's the most unsexy, boring answer in the entire world. But the technology subcommittee gets to block and propose a frack ton of legislation. And I think that we need to get people on that committee that will make this a priority. And I think we need to roll this into larger bills that the Congress will vote on and put it in the middle of some bill that they cannot say no to and then just adjudicate it that way. And then have to have it be the law that telecoms must interpret this in a neutral way. Um, I really think that's the only way forward. So the question out there for our listeners is like, can you help me get eight people on the committee to do the right thing, preferably with a few Republicans? Like that's how we solve this problem. It's also how we solve privacy. It's how we fix a lot of our congenital issues in technology. And and I mean, it's just a matter of hoping that we get back to a place where government is governing in good faith and negotiating good fi- in good faith and working on solutions that are best for the people who are voting and not just for a couple of corporations, which is what it seems like is just happening across the board right now. Dead on, so. Steve. All right. On, uh, so, so on that, on that, on that Another happy, happy story for yeah, our show. Yeah. Well, no, we have a, we have a, we, we should probably take a, take a break and, uh, thank one of our sponsors. Since we're talking about the internet, we should be, uh, we should be thanking our sponsor for this week. And uh, so this episode disruption is brought to you by Eero, who wants you to never think about Wi-Fi again. Um, they have created the dream Wi-Fi setup, which is a fast, reliable connection all throughout your house, even all the way out to the yard. And now is the best time to get on board because they just came out with their super slick second gen devices, um, along with Eero Beacon, which lets you build a Wi-Fi system that is perfectly tailored to your home. The new second gen Eero has a third five gigahertz radio, which makes it twice as fast. Um, and it has the power to blanket your entire home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. Um, it sits flat on any surface or you just plug it into the wall and you're ready to connect your Eero either with Ethernet or wirelessly. And it comes with a new thread radio, which lets you connect to low power devices like your IoT devices, like locks, doorbells, etc. And uh, they have the new Eero Beacon, which just plugs into a wall and then expands coverage into any room. And you can add as many beacons as you want, as long as you have an Eero device. And it even has a nightlight, so that as long once you're you're blanketing your children with Wi-Fi, you can also blanket them with uh, with some lights so they can keep the keep the monsters away in the dark. Um, so can I tell a story? About yeah, this please, scene? please go ahead. So I gotta tell y'all, this is the best darn product I have ever spent money on uh, in the tech industry. It is phenomenal. So uh, you know, like a lot of Apple people, I had all Apple products throughout my house, like all time capsules and Airport Expresses, uh, and Apple has pretty much ignored this line. 
They've fired that team. They haven't really put out new products in a while. So what happens is I pay for Fios, right, in my home. If something is directly plugged in, yes, I get Fios speeds. But if it's Wi-Fi and going through uh, my Apple devices, uh, that speed sucks, so, uh, you know, I got this product, I put it in my home, and I, I have the numbers, and it sped up the internet in the main room of my house where the router was located by twice as much, oh, wow. and in the weaker parts of my house, it made it three times faster. I'm going to say that three again, three times faster. I can mm. be in bed at night playing Splatoon and nice. have it be just as awesome as if I'm literally sitting on top of the router. Uh, you know, Steve, you've got kids. And I have to say the, the iOS app for this, um, it is amazing for setting limits for kids as far as what they can access. Uh, it's got all kinds of awesome controls there. Like I, I've been thinking about like sitting down, figuring out if it can even like help me block Twitter. So I'm not on Twitter <laughs> when I'm at home. Oh, I thought I you were going to say that Frank was uh, finding was getting on to using up your bandwidth for uh, for yeah. Splatoon and ruining your ping times, and you needed oh, to uh, wow. to throttle That's him good, down so that you can yo, make sure to get your headshots. We should do that. We should do that. But no, this really, I I I really swear to you, this is. This is an Apple quality version of Wi-Fi. Like nice. it's very easy to set up. It's super professional. The speeds are ridiculous. It's nearly as good as a plugged-in connection. And I am so happy to have them sponsoring your show. Yeah, I, this is. I mean, I've actually I haven't bought yet, but I've been looking since they've been sponsoring the show. I've been looking into it more because I've I bought a router a couple of years ago, and it, every so often it just decides to die for no reason and. I have like adapters yeah. with yeah. Ethernet plugged throughout the house because it doesn't, it, you know, it just doesn't make it all the way over. And so this is and, you know, if, yeah, so that that sounds really super appealing. So that's something I may even uh, use our own code and, and go in and get it on. So um, what's so, that code again, Steve? Well, I was just about to say that the, the new Eero <laughs> system starts at three ninety nine for one second gen Eero and two beacons, which is everything you need to get started. And yeah. uh, <laughs> listeners to this show can get free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada, Georgia. Uh, oh when you head gosh. to Eero.com and use the promo code disruption. So you go to Eero.com. Yeah. yeah. You go to Eero.com and with the promo code disruption for free overnight shipping. And thank you very much to Eero for their support of the show and all of Relay FM. Just one more thing I'm going to say about this, Steve. What I really love about this is the security. So for me, as someone who's running for office and someone who puts up with hacking attempts literally daily, security is very, very high up my list. So as best as I can tell, um, when you download the Eero app and set this up for the first time, it locks that to your iTunes account and your particular device, which is freaking awesome. So it's like it's not something that people on the outside can like get into unless mm. they are literally on your iTunes account. Oh, that's and really when, cool. Like you upgrade, yeah. And when you upgrade iPhones, it just works seamlessly. It just goes to an absolutely new one. So this is I I just got I feel like I mean they're they're sponsoring the show, so like we're paid to tell you guys <laughs> and they are. But this really is a great product. Well, that's nice. Yeah, yep. I, we're looking into it. Actually, something that we can do to to boost up. So yeah, shall I take a look. Yeah, same. Can't have mine. You same have because mine. if I because I, I, I uh... really Brie? No, you don't love sorry, me Georgia. enough to give it to me. I tell you what, if you can come down here and defeat me in a Star Wars duel with lightsaber, I'll think about it. 
Oh, I'm pretty okay. sick with the lightsaber. I'm just okay. saying, Bree. We'll see. I got a lot of height on you, though. I got a lot <laughs> that's of reach. True. That's uh, true. Yeah. It's yeah. always yeah. uphill there, battle. It, it always does come down to reach. That's that's kind of the that's crucial. True. That's you, true. you need one of those extra long on lightsabers one. to compensate. That's true. Yeah, I just yeah, swing yeah, at Georgia, and she couldn't touch me. So, yeah. <laughs> I just frantically flail. It'll be uh, great. So, uh, so – while we're talking about uh, about apocalypses, we can talk about this Patreon thing that happened this past week, too, oh, uh, or the past two weeks. So uh, Patreon has just – they actually just reversed this policy change that they put in place uh, with the way that they were charging the fees that they uh, – that they assess on credit card transactions and then how they make money on top of things. So Patreon, if you're, if you're not aware is the way that it works is that, uh, patrons donate a certain amount of money every month to creators who then sometimes provide them perks. Sometimes that contributes to another layer where they'll do additional things, uh, per month. Sometimes they'll, they'll provide, uh, perks to to patrons like some have like a discord a discord server where they'll have a patreon only discord uh, channel in the discord server or you know special things in in twitch or whatever and so uh this is how a lot of independent creators sustain themselves is through uh, through mm-hmm. patreon pledges and and these pledges uh sometimes they're large but very often they can be as low as a dollar per month so patreon had put in a change uh, at the beginning of the month. They announced this, that they were going to, they had been charging the service fees, uh, taking it out of the donation and then passing the rest on to the creator. So for example, if you had, if the service fees came out to be a dollar and there was a $5 donation, the patron would donate $5. The creator would get four and Patreon would take the other, the other dollar for credit cards and for their, their own service fees. The change was going to be that they were going to, uh, pass, put that on the patron side. So they were going to be adding 2.9% to cover the credit card transaction and then 35 cents per transaction on top of whatever the patron was going to be donating. So now it would be, instead of that $5 donation, donation the, the creator would still get $5, but the patron would be charged, say, $6. And this was a disaster. Yeah, and, putting it mildly. Yeah, and and you saw a lot of creators immediately seeing a lot of um, a lot of transactions being canceled, a lot of pa- a lot of patrons backing out because, especially mm-hmm. uh, the ones who were subsisting on a lot of small donations, because the the dollar donations are where the, this is really going to hit hardest because you're talking about probably like a fifty percent increase, and if yeah, you're if you're percentage yeah, and if you're char- if you're doing a lot of little donations, this adds up very quickly across the board. So a lot of patrons were seeing their or a lot of creators rather were seeing their their donations cut significantly. And this is their revenue. This is their income. You know, like there are a number of people who are subsisting on this. So yeah. it's, it's like a giant pay cut to some of these creators that are right around, right around the holidays too. Yeah, um, that's exactly what happened for yeah. us. You know, like it just, it's really devastated us. Um, I think people don't understand for me, it's like running for Congress. I don't have engineering income anymore. So I really depend on this. Yeah. It would, yeah, it's so the the good thing is, news is this that they back this out, but now the, a lot of those patrons just aren't coming back because as soon yeah. as you as soon as you make it's, people yeah. rethink their what they're spending on something that's very discretionary, then you know, when they're being charged more, they're gonna think about it where with a recurring transaction they may not. And so you know, regardless of whether those people would have kept that on regardless if they thought about it anyway, being charged more for it is 
it's going to be a hit to a lot of those creators' incomes right around the holidays. It sours your entire feeling towards yeah. what you are doing. Yeah. It becomes something that you feel like you've been, and it's sad because the creators didn't do this, right? People that you're supporting did not create this feeling, but you end up having a negative feeling to the entire experience, something that you were donating to, you were trying to help something that you believed yeah. in, you felt great about, and then they, the, the actual system itself starts to stab you back. A lot of people, this becomes an unconscious feeling of, it no longer feels like this good donation of me supporting, but someone trying to hurt me. And so you kind of turn your back to that. And it's very unconscious, but people will be like, you know what? I still have a bad taste in my mouth from that. So I don't want to go there. I think that's dead on. For me, you know, knowing how the Salvation Army discriminates against trans people and LGBT people, that, I mean, I, I've never thought about it until right now, but I walk past those buckets these days. So Yeah. And I mean, I think that it's even if it's not towards the creators, which I don't think it would be, because obviously the creators don't have anything to do with it. And it was pretty clear that it was coming from Patreon and not from the creators themselves. But even regardless of that, like it makes the the patrons distrustful of the platform, which yeah. is the same the same effect. And mm -hmm. there really isn't another good way to do this. I know that I've seen some. Uh, Twitch streamers just say, I'm, I'm canceling my Patreon and I'm just going, I'm just going to do this through Twitch subs, which is uh, another way to do that. But first of all, not everyone can take subscriptions through Twitch anyway. I can't. I'm a federal candidate. I can't take donations through that at all. Yeah. So, well, yeah. yeah and, and a lot of like smaller streamers, even like you have to be streaming a certain amount every month and have a certain number of followers before they even approve you for affiliate status, which puts the subscribe button on your channel. So uh, for a lot of streamers, it's not even an option. They, Patreon's the only way that they can really take money, and there's not another good way to do this that has, you know, having trust with something that gives money. Like I remember how long it took me to be willing to to use PayPal. Even like this yeah. was this was year, you know, this was a long time ago. Back when it's like, well, why am I? Why are you just giving me five dollars for free to sign up an account? This sounds like a scam. Um, but you know, so it's. It's like it takes a long time to trust something to give it your money and that it's going to get to the right place. Right. And then when it when it betrays that trust like that, it it's hard to get back, but there's no other alternative. So a lot of these creators are really in a in a tough spot right now because I, I and even if you're going to replatform, like now you're going to ask all of your all of your people who are giving you money on a monthly basis to take another action and move over to this other platform. Where they may just not, they may just not yeah. see it. They may, they may decide again, you're asking them to look at what they're giving you a second time. And even if they do like people just forget, it's not going to be anybody's top priority for the most part. So yeah, people just don't, fine. won't move over. So there's no real good solution to this, unfortunately. And all of this is really just because of greed. I think they're disconnected from the reality of what their audience is. Um, you know, and I have to say, like, you know, I have a Patreon. I have, I have good people that I've worked with that through there. Like, during Gamergate, uh, they kept trying to, like, get my Patreon canceled, you know, like, fighting with me, saying, you know, they, they phoned stuff like, oh, Brian was advocating violence or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, there are good people there, but I think if you look at the statements from the leadership, it shows a real obliviousness, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I guess what if again, if I'm going to look for ignorance and not malice, right? Which is what I do. Um, 
I mean, what's you, the truth, though? Well, like, I don't want to give people buys that don't deserve buys. What would be the purpose to do it in this manner? Okay, so so the reason the reason for it that I from from reading that I understand at least the the logical reason behind it would be that they the way that Patreon has taken for a long time does the pledges is all at the beginning of the month. So when you pledge. Mm-hmm. You don't get anything taken out of your – you don't get charged anything right away. You get charged on the first of the month, and they bundled up all of those transactions and then used that to kind of get some economies of scale on the transaction fees. And what was happening is that a lot of patro- a lot of creators were, were saying that people would sign up for their, for their Patreon and then cancel before the first of the month to get the perks but not actually ever pay them. So they started okay. offering an option for being able to charge initially – um, on sign up and then go forward or charge on the so well that was the first part was that to charge initially on starting the pledge but then that got confusing when you had somebody who's starting up on like the 29th of the month and then all of a sudden they're getting hit for a fee again on the first when the monthly cycle starts so then they had to go to anniversaries of when you started um when you started the 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 patron the patronage And then what happened there is that when you have a lot of people doing $1 transactions, you're hitting Mm -hmm. a lot of credit card fees. And then that was taking a lot that was that was ending up costing them a lot of money. So they were trying to figure out a way around that while still trying to accommodate all these other requests. And they just did it in a way that they didn't really think through clearly enough what the implications of that were going to be. And then they ended up hurting themselves and their creators more than they would have. So I I I can understand that being a way that you know you can you can blame green and maybe I'm sure that that's part of it there's always going to be you know investor pressure and that's always going to be part of it but it looked like they were just tr- part of it was also that they were legitimately trying to solve a business problem and just did not think it through but it's it's just it's a it's a sucky situation right around now too when everybody really needs that extra income really to needs that extra income especially people that are that are depending upon it it probably has fiscal year or whatever to do with it, but to do it now and then mess with people's income, that's really the worst of it. Like everything else you could kind of see them just not, not thinking this through or thinking that they'd done enough research and not really talking to enough people, but you don't mess with people's income in December. That's just, that's just something you don't do. I think before we move on, this is what, this is what I would say on this. You know, uh, we're seeing this in Boston right now. We're having a huge uproar that uh, they ran a computer analysis in Boston to basically figure out what the optimum time for school is based on bus distribution. So they came up with an algorithm and did it and then figured school should start at 7.15, meaning all parents should wake up at 6 o'clock, which is really bad for a lot of working class parents as it means their kids come home two hours earlier. Um, It's just absolute disaster. So they tried to solve the problem with the algorithm, and a bunch of data scientists came up with the optimum solution that was really, really oblivious to the actual needs of the people that they serve. This seems like a nearly identical situation. Like you've got some accountants. They did their thing. They showed, oh, this is going to be fine. Like we'll get more money this way. And they didn't really think about the needs of the community. So I think it really shows the limits of you know, data science and how much that can you know, yeah. do in setting policies like this. No offense, Steve. No, I mean I, I'm not a data scientist myself. I'm the one who works with the data scientists and sees the assumptions that they make and sees how they go off the rails if they don't understand the business. 
And yeah. like that's my job is actually like making sure that they do no harm is is a lot of what what my job is because I understand the business and I know what the expected result is supposed to be and I see the kinds of assumptions that they make a lot of the time when you bring in a consultant as a data scientist who doesn't have they may have knowledge of the industry or the you know the field but they don't have knowledge of the individual situation and all the nuances there and mm-hmm, they make yeah. assumptions based on their knowledge that may or may not apply and it's it's even something as simple as simple as there's two different fields that look like they're reporting the same thing but they're very different and they just pick one and they pick the wrong one you know yeah. so it's it's like even stuff as simple as that so it's very easy to have a bias in your information that leads you to a decision or just, you know, go off the rails because you're not looking at the right problem. And yes. yeah, I'm yes. not surprised that that would happen in Boston with, with schools too. It happens all over the place. That's yeah. the real danger with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. It happens all the time. It happens in research as well, right? Correlation and causation. Yeah. Yeah. And, Ugh. and yeah, and just, and, or just not including enough information, you know, and or not understanding out- what you're really yeah. researching. Yeah. Uh, so since we've talked about so many happy topics today and, and it, happy topics today. And, and we've talked about the holidays and, and how people's incomes are getting affected by this. And, you know, outside of that, holiday depression is a very real thing around this time of year. And, and a lot of people will probably be listening to this right before Christmas and, and mm-hmm. Hanukkah is going on right now as we speak. So uh, so Georgia, what what would you recommend for people who are know that they struggle with holiday depression or they might be feeling something that feels to them like holiday depression or they're or or dealing with you know if they're even if they're not dealing with it personally if they're if they have a family member who suffers from something like that yeah and there's not just depression there's a lot of anxiety um right now my hours uh, i was talking before the show about sleeping like 12 hours but um i'm working really really long hours right now um because There's um, a lot of people in a massive amount of distress. And I actually, this is a, a, a more heavy year than I've had in, I think, my past eight years. Um, and so it's, it's really very serious. I think that there's many different causes to this. Um, so sometimes it's just biological. Some people go through seasonal affective disorder, which is caused by the fact that there is less sunlight that we are getting to and we're not going outside then we stop exercising because it's cold and we want to kind of hibernate depression is like a mild form of hibernation kind of stay in the cave where we're safe and then there's that feeling of um you know we're going to be meeting up with family and friends and there's exams for school and a lot of work people have their deadlines around this time and so we also go through all of the old pains of childhood if you're going to be handling that family member that had hurt you or you think about how you know you've been abandoned by your family member or this person has passed away or we're now separated and our kids have to you know separate like they're going to be with their mom or their dad during the holidays I'm not going to see them Um, it is a really painful and for some people it is a happy time of year but I would say for by and large this comes bittersweet we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to outdo. And unfortunately, social media feeds a lot of that need to what should the holidays look like and seem like. And so some of the, you know, places on social media have the biggest hits of, you know, 
um, you know, this is what Hanukkah looks like in my house. And this is what I did for the holidays. And this is how I decorated the outside of my house. And this is the meal that I cooked. And so you feel this never living up to what the expectations are of society, even though those are not really expectations. And so it can be a really tough time of year and we put too much on our plates and everyone has a breaking point. And so we look at this as I should be relaxing and enjoying and spending time with people that I love and care about. But then we have all of this pressure. Actually, I was talking about how my house is in boxes and I'm not going to be ready for the holidays. And I have to just say, you know what, that's just good enough. I'll make a nice meal and smile and laugh and that's it. You know, I'm not going to have to, you know, live up to this set of expectations. So I'm going to go through, if you have any questions on it, we'll answer some questions that you guys might have. And if anyone else has, you know, questions, you can send us to Twitter. But I'll go through some tips and tricks to try to make this a little bit better um, for everyone. And um, yeah, how do both of you feel about the holidays? Well, it's always really, really hard for me. You know, um, I was adopted. uh, So my first thing is my parents threw me out like a piece of garbage, which hurts. Um, And then when I came out to my parents, they disowned me. I haven't seen them for, I think it's uh, coming up on 12 years soon. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's really hard, especially because I've been in the news so much in the last few years. You'd think they would uh, reach out uh, eventually, but they just, they don't. So Hmm. what ends up happening, it's it's really hard, Georgia, because sometimes someone will make, like you're talking about, oh, it's so hard and I'm not going to be ready for uh, the holidays. I'm not trying to... No, 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 don't don't even worry. I hear you. No, no, no. I'm saying for me having a trigger point, it's like I go, well, I have no family. Uh, I have no one to talk to. And (laughs) it's like the way I've traditionally dealt with this part of the year is just to get busy and work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure mm-hmm. Frank wouldn't mind me speaking for him. You know, his sister died when he was 12. He was the last person to see her alive. Oh. And his mother had diabetes and she died when Frank was 20. And once the women in Frank's family went, uh, the three remaining men, like Frank, his brother, uh, and his dad, uh, mm-hmm. they don't really reach out to each other very skillfully. It's very dysfunctional to see from mm-hmm. my end. So so even on Frank's side, there's not, and, and Frank is part of that, to be clear, but uh, you know, there's not a lot of um, initiative to get together. So right. most of what I feel this time of year is just I try to distract myself as, with work as much as I can. It's, right. you know, it's not yeah. a coincidence that the, we're moving for the next two weeks, and this is the part of time I planned it for, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is, it is um, often, and then you see on TV and the news and the movies that are out and, um, again, social media, all of this happy, and most of it is fake, right? People put out the stuff that they want to put out. They don't go through, you know what, I'm, I'm sitting alone and I'm just going to, you know, eat this. And it's hard. It's a really tough time of year. It's when kind of all of the stuff we also, we deal with the New Year's and you're going through that reflection of what's happened in the past year. And if you've had good things, you know, great, but there's a lot of reflection that goes on. And I think that like for a lot of people, they're painful things that are difficult to deal with. And so like, I'll go through some, some basic things, but I'd like to hear Steve, what about for you for the holidays? Is Hanukkah a happy time? Is it difficult? Mm-hmm. Do you find stress to perform? Um, I mean, it's Hanukkah itself is kind of just like, it's logistically, it's tough because we, 
we try to we we kind of end up overdoing it subconsciously because even though it's not Jewish Christmas, it is very much competing with Christmas to some extent <laughs> because yeah, yeah. like and and because the the problem that I have with this time of year being Jewish is that the entire month of December in America feels like a giant party you're not invited to. So like, and you don't really, you know, when you celebrate Christmas as a holiday, you probably don't necessarily notice like everything that ends up Christmas themed from the month of December. Like I have, I realized the other day I had had Christmas carols going through my head on a fairly regular basis and I don't ever listen to Christmas music but I just watch television and like every ad is like some sort of a, a of a riff on a Christmas carol at this point right and so you just you kind of get bombarded with all these it's like the one month out of the year like 11 months out of the year I can kind of push down the fact that I'm different and December is when I am very forcefully reminded of it uh, you know on mm-hmm. pretty much a constant basis um, mm-hmm. so, and, and for the kids, I mean, even just being Jewish and wanting your kids to want to be Jewish growing up, because that's very much a thing, right? Like, you know, fall going to, you know, falling out of a Jewish identity or even just like, you know, mar- intermarrying and then converting or whatever is, is a real thing. And, you know, wanting, you know, Judaism to be part of their identity, like we overdo that and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves too. So, you know, there's a lot of presents and we make a big thing about lighting the candles and stuff like that. And, and it, you know, that's a lot of additional pressure. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, ultimately it's – is it a is it a big deal? It's not like, you know, we still have, you know, traditions in a family to to celebrate with and we, we do what we will. And I make Thanksgiving like my Christmas basically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is – it is – kind of you know it's tough for people who don't celebrate this time of year too to you know even as much as people can be inclusive it's still you know not celebrating your holiday too so you know yeah it's it's um it's yeah another way especially when you're bombarded by one primary yeah way of celebrating from almost every single aspect um it can be yeah again a reminder and painful yeah (laughs) Um, for me, this is going to be my first Christmas without my dad. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be really uh. weird, right? Like, and we all go through so many different factors um, that no one really talks about, which we should. Um, I think sometimes it's just self-preservation. You talk about it too much. Um, I'm a crier, so I'll cry. Um, but other people deal with it in difficult ways. Um so let's go through how we can all survive and make this yeah. <laughs> um, less yeah. less traumatic, hopefully, um, and and hopefully more more positive. Um, you want to first just don't don't overdo it. Whatever you're doing, even if it's um, doing other things than celebrating, don't don't overdo it. Give yourself time to rest and know that that should be part of your main schedule. Is if you get to have time off, and some people don't even get time off, which makes it really hard. And maybe not being able to celebrate when they could celebrate, um, which is difficult, is you want to make sure that you give yourself, you know, some time to be able to deal with the things you need, get enough sleep, and exercise. If you're not exercising, start exercising. Even if it's just 15 minutes, walking up and downstairs, do what you can. 
And the next thing is really stay off social media. Let's just say it. Like, you know, follow our show and, like, you know, send us like <laughs> something you want. But really just don't even worry. Nope. Just less time on the news and on social media will make you feel better. And we know that for a fact. Uh, actually, Facebook came out and said it. He said, oh, we know that our I know, I media that. is bad yeah. for you. But yeah. we have a way to fix it. So stay on Facebook. Yeah. I was like, you're kidding me? They actually admit to it and then say, no, but we'll fix it. So stay with us. Thank you, the Facebook drug dealer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Don't take this pill. Take this pill. Um, Focus on hanging out with people that make you feel better. This might really be hard on the holidays, but even if you're going to a gathering that you have to go to, don't sit with the person and even like make a little request. Can I sit next to this person? Don't say you don't like that person, but say, can I sit next to these people? Because I really want to catch up with them. Um, So that kind of gets you out of it and they'll probably help you out to be able so you don't have to listen to a lot of negativity. And that's the other thing is if you feel really upset and bothered, plan to find a way, a a very classy way out. You don't, like often you might have to show up to something because you have to. Um, Because I would say if you don't have to show up to something that's painful, if you don't, like you don't have to, there's no, you don't, you don't owe anyone except for your own mental health and sanity through this time. And really through all times. But yeah, if you can't bear to deal with it, just stop by for a little bit and say, listen, I'm going to have to go early. I'm so sorry. And, and don't worry to that. And then, I personally am not going to judge you if you find a non-classy way to deal with it. Like if you just storm <laughs> in. But for like, some people that are caretakers, that would be even you guys. Like, I like you. Home. I'm out of here. I'm going to go play Breath of the Wild. You have all failed me. I'm not going to judge you for that. Uh, you know, maybe, that's a, maybe that's the solution. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm here. I'm just going to be with my over here in the corner with my Switch because i got some Rabbids levels I need to clear. Yeah, come right. on. Like, sorry, yeah. Right, right, this right. This is important. Yeah, <laughs> you make time for what's important. You'd know that if you're a professional. So, right. Sorry. Right. And if you've said yes to something, but found that you have overcommitted to those those caretakers, say no. I'm so sorry. I can't um, this year. I I know that I've apologized. Uh, I, I say I say sorry, but you know I feel bad about it. But I can't. That's fine. Just don't. Even if you said yes, you can cancel that. Just the say, I, I'm actually not sorry. Not <laughs> I, don't, I don't find this that interesting. <laughs> sorry. No, yeah, instead of saying sorry, say sorry, not sorry. That's, that's, yeah, your, that's, that's your solution. That's yeah. <laughs> um, the other one would be don't overcommit to um, financial things. You know, if you're, if you're trying you to buy things for people or even if it's you're just having like a meal out, like don't overdo it. Less is more. You don't have to go over commercial. You can do things that are personalized gifts or books or notes or write a poem out or send someone a beautiful picture that you've made yourself and then put it into like a dollar store frame. People love that. They love photos of themselves or their, their kids or people that they love, by the way. Like that feeds their own inner narcissism. And even the most thoughtful, humble person, there's a little bit that they love, uh, especially for those people because they wouldn't put their own photos up. Um, and, um, and so that's a wonderful way of not having that financial burden because a lot of people may not be able to afford to buy that level of gift and dealing with that. If you're an artist, maybe, you know, draw someone something or make a comic book that's about that or make a little book for them about their life journey that they've had so far. And like, just get rid of the word perfectionism. Brie, you're talking about like, you know, a completionist. At this time of year or when you're feeling stressed, you have to say good enough. And it might be horrible and painful at first, but sometimes all of us inner perfectionists have to say, you know what, I can only do so much and that's okay. It's okay because we have unrealistic expectations for way 
the holidays should be. And we can't live up to that. The last part is our own inner voice. And you need to be tracking what are you saying to yourself? What is that story that you tell yourself? And you might have gone through, um, as all of us have shared, some some pain or issues that you're going to have to deal with. But know that you're creating your own book each page every day right now going forward. And so try not to spend too much time dealing with the past. Um, You know, it can become overwhelming and you only want to take that in little bites and pieces. So if you're, you know, sad or mourning, give yourself a time limit to then say, okay, but then I want to be able to go past that and do something that will be enjoyable or maybe not even enjoyable might be too much of a word, but a distraction to that because the more that you do something, the stronger that emotion feels. So if you've gone through pain and you're thinking of a lot of pain through the holidays, it can be very overwhelming. So allow yourself that break if you can to do something different, even if it may not be um, as fun as you would want to because of the holiday stress that you have. And then remember to think forward of, I might not be able to control what happened to me in the past, but right now I'm going to try to work on what I'm going to be doing going forward, which will make you feel instead of a feeling of dread or victimization or pain, but hope and challenge. And I'm going to try to do the best that I have with the way that I write the rest of the story of my life each day at a time. And then if you know someone that's going through a tough time or that might be alone and you have space and you're able to to invite them, uh, for a lot of people that means a lot, especially if they're going through depression this time of year, which is exceptionally common uh, we just, you know, it's it get 4.30, it becomes dark here. We're not getting the amount of sunlight that we need in order to feel okay. And it's hard to exercise if you're in a part of the world that's really cold. But to be invited out really means the world to a lot of people you may not know because they may not be able to express it. But if they have nowhere to go, even if they say no, to be invited is nice. And so if you can do that, um, that's really helpful to someone. And even if they've dealt with someone passing to just say, you know what, I I hope that everything's okay and how are you doing to check in if you can't afford to have anyone come over if that's impossible to just do a little tiny check-in. This time of year is really tough. My uh, clinic has been, um, that I work at has been like just really overloaded. I've been working like, you know, 10 hour days to 12 hour days sometimes because of um, the amount of people that are in extreme pain and distress. And these are the people that can afford and that are willing to be able to see someone. A lot of people deal with this privately or in a different way. And it can be really hard. Uh, Brianna Wu's budget therapy would give an alternate suggestion. (laughs) That would be just invest in, uh, find an MMO. Yes. Maybe Final Fantasy 14. Yes. And then unhealthily just don't leave your house until the holidays are over. You know what? That's not a bad thing, Do a lot of grinding. Yeah, that's that's not a bad thing. I definitely plan on my budget to play a little bit of Shadow of War. Uh, it's just happening, you know. I, I'm going All to do right. that. It's going to make me feel a little bit better if I'm feeling really tough days. And uh, pajama days. I do like, I, I say it's International Pajama Day. I don't know if that actually exists. Uh, but I say it does, and then I, <laughs> I just hang out in my PJs all day and chill out. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, Sounds great. Yeah, I mean, my, awesome. my suggestion is just make it your goal to get to Legend in Hearthstone for the month, and then you will not leave your house for the rest of the month. It's perfect. <laughs> right, right, right. Steve, you, are, you need some help for your Hearthstone issue. I <laughs> I am really worried about you, buddy. I, like it's a, I, I have been thinking about lot. signing up for some coaching to help me with my it's game. Yeah, that is, that is a good point. Yeah, That's a good okay. point. Yeah, you need to coach to get better um, at it. You need to coach yeah, to get better at it. That's true. Yeah, that's my point. That was yep. true. I knew that that's what Brie meant. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. figured you were you were suggesting that I get some coaching so that, you know I can get yeah. get so into the tournament. Yeah, so you get there faster. Yeah, yeah. So I can yet. spend less Reese time like, grinding. That's really the goal. Already gotten there. Yeah. Oh, what's up, Steve? <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about you, dude. So. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just. Uh, I don't have the energy to move to play games that involve me like having reflexes. So they're at the end of the day. So there you go. It's just, you know, okay. <laughs> yes. good luck with all that. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. Oh, I'm not saying it's, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's healthy. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, uh, I'll sign Georgia up both for coaching and for therapy all at the same time. Maybe that, see, that's, see, that's, that's your, your next business venture, Georgia. You have like you 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 offer coaching services and therapy like like sports therapy or something like that like like you what, know like, like physical therapy but like yeah. you know mental. Georgia, have you seen Billions yet on Showtime? No, I haven't yet. Okay, okay, I gotta tell you, you've got to stop. Like, leave this podcast right now and go watch <laughs> Billions. So the main the main is a deuterotagonist kind of show, like well, kind of a quadrotagonist show. But the the one of the most important characters on this is Wendy. And Wendy is a therapist that is uber, uber manipulative. And her entire thing is like helping figure out how to trick uh, unethical stockbrokers into like being even more ruthless and relentless in making money. And she's a hero and she's so dead on with her insights, but she's also kind of evil at the same time. So, and yeah, you should watch that. She's also, she's badass. Like she is awesome. She's really awesome. So I just say that could be a life goal for you. Cause right now you're good. Georgia Dow, you're Jedi Georgia Dow. And this would make you Sith Georgia. Dow. Sith Georgia. I like, I like, do like Seth. I do like Seth. Saw the yeah. movie. I I bought my Porg, brought it to the movie. Don't, don't, yeah. no spoilers. I won't yeah. do any spoilers. First. Yeah. Uh, I won't do any spoilers, but yes. All right. Yeah. All right. Before, <laughs> before we end the show, speaking of Star Wars, can I tell you guys, if you are in Boston, we are having our huge Star Wars Last, Last Jedi fundraiser Ooh. on the 21st. Ooh. We're running out an entire theater. So, uh, we will include a link to this in the show notes if you want to come to this. It's going to be a darn good time. And if you sit next to me, I will share my popcorn with you. Now, now, do they? Can they dress up? I don't know. I'm going to ask oh. the Dedham Theater yeah. when I go do a security check. Given that it's a political event, uh, I just yes. don't know. My yeah. instinct is yeah. like, yo, if you're coming at me with a lightsaber, I'm gonna. <laughs> you're going to lose. You're going to lose. <laughs> Don't don't pick a fight with Brianna Wu unless you're ready to win. Is what I'm saying. So yeah. See, but bring your porg. Bring. I don't know what porg is. I haven't it's seen. It's a cute anything. little creature. You can see him in the preview. It's just a little cute little creature. He's screaming in the preview. He's just. I deliberately have not seen any preview. You've, okay, pro- well, you've, prob- you've, you've probably know? seen it just in people's tweets Bri, that without any context. You'll just. You'll know. You'll know. Yeah. You'll know what I it know. is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's let's let Georgia go so she can go watch Billions and and make her next life uh, life change. So we can you can find the show notes for this show and every episode at relay.fm slash disruption. Uh, you can call into the show with your questions at 508-418-3532 or tweet at underscore disruption FM with the hashtag disrupt me. Or you can send DMs if you want to get your questions in there privately. Um, and that is how you get your questions on the show, even though we didn't have any this week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me talking about my, my Hearthstone problem on my other podcast, mm-hmm. Off Curve, at offcurve.com, or you can find me on Twitter 
on at Wicked Good. And Bree, where can people find you? Uh, so if you want to support my congressional campaign, which is one of, you know, we are really going to fight to bring net neutrality back. Uh, yeah. You can do that at supportbrianna.com. I got to tell you guys, uh, with the election in Atlanta this week, my next step is to hire uh, a POC person that like really understands the POC districts of District 8 to help me go out there and connect with those communities and represent them. So uh, for Christmas present to me, if you want to help me hire someone on my staff to really represent the black community in Boston. I would really appreciate that. Like, I don't get that money, they will. Um, And, you know, it's worth saying, like, there was a story that came out in the Boston Globe this week. Uh, You know, in Boston proper, the average uh, net worth of a black person in Boston is $9. $9. That is how horrible wealth inequality is in our state. Um, you know, I grew up in Mississippi. And I got to be honest, like Massachusetts is way more racist in a lot of ways. So, yeah, um, yeah you know, that's, uh, that's our next big goal is to hire uh, people to help us uh, represent uh, that community. All right. And uh, Georgia, where can people find you? Well, if you are dealing with um, holiday blues or a tough time, you can check out anxiety-videos.com. And uh, you can also see me. I am occasionally on Twitter. Very oh, occasionally. At, at, Georgia, <laughs> at Georgia underscore Dow. I, I guess I have to put that down as well. <laughs> I forgot. I was just not even going to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, Georgia, what, what do you have to say to the people to uh, tell them to get out of here? Oh, don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. But um, fear me. Am I getting worse at it? I think I'm getting worse. I think you're getting worse. Yeah. You need a new catch line, Georgia. You need to, like, how about, can you do this? Can you go, Georgia Dow gets what Georgia Dow wants. <laughs> Wait, I'll try. I'll try. Georgia Dow gets what Georgia Dow wants. <laughs>